Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Where do we draw the line between love and devotion, an intimate and haunting portrayal of a quest for love and acceptance at any cost? Q depicts the insidious influence of a secretive matriarchal religious order in Lebanon on three generations of women in the Shihab family. First-time filmmaker Jude Shihab potently documents the unspoken ties and the consequences of loyalty that have bonded her mother grandmother and herself to this mysterious organization. I'm going to leave it there because a lot to talk about. The film again is called Q and we're fortunate to have with us the director, producer, writer, cinematographer. Way to go, Jude Shihab. Jude, (laughs) welcome to Film School Radio. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for having me. This is so special. This is a really beautiful film in many ways. It's beautiful to look at the openness of your family, the acceptance of you and what you were hoping, I believe, to accomplish with this film. It had to have been a bit of a strain on them just to have a camera pointing at them. That in and of itself can be stress-inducing, but it's a beautiful family that you have and uh, the openness that they share in the film. What prompted you to want to begin to do this? Was there a particular event that that triggered this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I was engrossed in the group my entire life. Like I couldn't really tell the difference between this is like a specific group we're in or this is just Islam. I think I really just grew up thinking, no, everyone has an Anisa, this is Islam. Um, So I think it only started to come to me to actually become a film when I had left for the US and I finally started to have this distance from the group and from that environment. And I think I could really start to see in as an outsider and now with a filmmaker hat on, not just as a daughter. And so I think, I mean, it's a really difficult film to make. I feel like if we didn't talk about it, my mom would have just taken it to her grave. But I was I was also curious. I was really curious about her relationship with the group, with the group itself. And so I think it really did spark from curiosity and a responsibility to tell the story. And the name of this religious group that has for generations been a part of your life, your family's life, is Cubasia. Yeah, and like uh, any religion, there is a code of behavior, a code of beliefs, and this certainly was a group that was very much uh, in that vein. And as you said, you grew up, this was your your life, your experience as far as your spiritual life is concerned, and in many ways, your family life, really. Exactly. The impulse to, to do a film like this is something, for me personally, I wish I had done some version of this in my family. And I think it speaks to a bigger truth, at least this is is how I see it, is that we go through stages in our life, and one of those stages is to see our parents as people. Mm. If you met them on the street, what would you think of them? How would you react to them? And I think that's an impulse that I've shared this with others. I think this is an impulse or a stage in life that we all need to go through in some version of that, whether it's with a camera or not. Um, is that ring true for you? Does that sound? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think um, it really felt like the roles reversed. It felt like I was the mother at that instance and she was the daughter and it felt like I could see outside of um, her reality and almost see what was better for her. And I think, you know, my intention with making the film was to save her in a way to, 
um, remove the veil from her eyes to allow her to see the Islam that she taught me that was not uh, the reality that she was experiencing. And it, it was to show her her potential. And so I think that was the intention of making the film, really, to to see something that I felt was better for her and that they were holding her back. And I think I was naive in a way. I definitely expected going into it that like, I'm on this side, she's on this side, she's gonna come to me. Um, by the end of the film, she's gonna say, you know, I regret the 40 years and just like have this awakening. I think it does happen. I think it's very subtle, but I think it taught me also the complexities of human nature and these kind of relationships. Like she's with them for 40 years. There's loyalty involved. There's so much love. There's just, I mean, she's been ingrained to think this way. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the group. Let's talk about what you found to be corrosive, if that's a good word to use about that relationship that she yeah. had with the group. What yeah. was it? And a little bit about what, in terms of Islam, is are they on a spectrum of, like, where do they fit in? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because most Muslims, the majority, 100%, don't even know about the group, although they are the largest Muslim women's organization in the world. But they've really kept that level of secrecy. They started in the 70s in Syria. And it really, like, it's difficult. And it shows that complexity because they started, really, to think, to look back on it as this, like, feminist movement. Like, they were... Um, encouraging women to study, to get jobs. They were finding jobs for them. And they really came out of this post-colonization in the region and how can we bring back our identity? How can we, how do we bring this back to our people? And so it's definitely complicated. And I feel like even, I mean, that word cult is like a very heavy word. And I think it has a lot of bad connotations and it really shows that it's not like that. And I feel like it would be doing them an injustice to to say that because there is so much good that is wrapped into the bad. But they have, I mean, I think that that behavior that shows is the level of control. And that's something that like, once they have rules within the group that aren't rules within the actual religion, then we have some, something wrong is happening here. And this is not the correct version of Islam that becomes mixed into it. And when the Anisa now, like this leader is controlling how you dress, how you cut your nails, what you do before you make a decision, you're asking her, something something wrong is happening here, but you're so far in it that you're not able to see that. And your mom's relationship too, Anissa, is part of that what we're talking about in terms of kind of the corrosive or effect. And yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that you know, exactly it? I mean, it was like if the Anisa told her to, you know, leave her family, she would leave her family. Like that's how that's how deep that love is and that commitment to her. Because they're also telling you that it's our way or the highway. They're telling you that the only way you can reach God is through us. And so, I mean, that's already a red flag when it comes to the religion. Like, and Hibba has this beautiful moment towards the end of the film where she says, um, and you could tell her mentality is changing. Of like, there's as many paths to God as there are breaths on earth. And I think that's when she's starting to realize that it's not. It cannot only be through one group of people. It can't, it, this woman cannot hold the weight of the entire religion because if she falls, then you're going to, your faith is going to fall. You're going to question everything. You can't put all of your trust into one person. Absolutely. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Jude Shihab and she is the director of documentary film, very personal film of, called Q. And Q just had its world premiere at the 2023 Tribeca Film Festival. Congratulations on that. And so you should be looking for this. It is an intimate and honest portrayal of a family who is willing to talk about things that we often don't want to talk about. We're not just talking about your mom in the film. We're talking about 
three generations, right? Your grandmother and such. So in integrating all of their stories and approaching them about doing this film, mom, most resistant, least resistant, grandmother, how did that sort of play out in terms of just you? Well, obviously that you trust one another, but it's just the kind of the logistics and also where are we going? Where are we going to end up with a project like this? Did you get those kind of questions? What are you hoping to to get from all of that? And Grandma came but very diva <laughs> and she still so when she watched it through I mean her first comment was like wow like I look so good like no one's gonna be able to tell who's the daughter who's the grandma <laughs> like she just she um yeah she loves it she loves the attention I still don't even think she like fully understands what the film's about I mean every interview every scene we shot with her her comments on the on the group differed I mean one minute she'd be like they're gonna break you you know you I yeah. told him I told her to stay far away from them the next interview she's like no I don't want you to leave the group we we are loyal to the group this group taught us everything and so I, that was that was very interesting it was like by the day however she felt my mother was definitely very hesitant I think um, up until recently I think not until it premieres will she finally feel like the celebration and, and the beauty of it that I, I feel like I, I saw and I could envision along the way. Um, she was hesitant because she doesn't want to let the group down. I mean, it's like that commitment. No one has spoken about the group. So whether you're saying something good or you're saying something bad, it's bad. And because if you really think about it and you see like the transcript of the film, she doesn't actually say something bad. It really is just like she's torn. And if anything, it's like more love than negatives about them. So I think she was always, she's just anxious. I mean, they're just going to see her as this traitor for for doing this. Um, and so it would cut ties for her with them in Lebanon. Like she, she's still close to them. I think that's, that's the hardest thing for her because they're not going to be able to see the beauty of the film. They're just going to take it as is. And just like she spoke about us when we don't want to be spoken about. But I can only hope that they, that they have this moment and realize that, no, this was someone who was really caught up in this love. And, and she's talking about that love. Yeah, and the, the the fact is, these are personal relationships that she shares with the with the women in the group, and that that's those are, I don't know if it's it is different. It's different than a devotion to that group and 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 the beliefs that that they articulate. Your dad, very <laughs> interesting person. The the dynamic in in some ways, yeah. I mean, he's just a complex person as we all are in our own way, but. He, I'm just curious as to not only his reaction to you doing the film, but his reaction to the film. Yeah, I mean, um, I think he's also having his deal. <laughs> <laughs> your films want me to. Any of your friends want me to be in their films? I'm ready. You can see in the film like he's super standoffish. He doesn't say much, which I I love because he's not the stereotypical Arab that you see Arab man that you see at all. Like he's not like, there's moments where like, she's yelling at him. She's asking him the tough questions. It really shows their dynamic. Like it shows that there is so much love between them, but there is a lot of pain and it's unspoken pain. And I think that there was a lot that was revealed to him through the making of the film. Like that moment where I tell him like, we were in Syria during the Israeli-Lebanon war and my, there was flights to leave to the U.S. for safety and my mom was canceling those flights because she had met the Anisa. And like my dad had no clue about this. He wasn't with us. He was working in Dubai. And so it was just like these things that were revealed to him of how deep that love is that he wasn't aware of because she's not going to tell her husband, you know, I'm I'm emotionally attached to this woman that like, you know, she's she's next to her bedside is her poetry that she's writing to her, the love letters. Like it's, it's a challenge to balance those two things. And I think maybe deep down inside, she thought he would be jealous 
I can tell you, you can watch the film and know what a loving hand is when, as you watch it. You're respectful. Everyone it, it gets an opportunity to be fully formed within the within the context of the film. Wow. And um, I felt like that that's fair. And I think mm -hmm. that's as a filmmaker, that's the that's what you I would assume you hope to be able to do the premiere at Tribeca. Um, where were you when you heard that you'd been accepted and and sort of as a filmmaker, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of our interview, director, producer, cinematographer, and all the stuff that you do in the film. But what you know, just your kind of your reaction to to hearing that you had been accepted at Tribeca. Yeah. I was in Lebanon. Um, I mean, it was just, it's so validating. It's just that moment of like, you know, you, you're doubting yourself to the last minute. You're like, what if this is just a home video? Like, who's actually interested in these characters? My family. Like, maybe it's only interesting to me, you know? So getting that acceptance validated, I think that the universal themes that we were trying to approach and make sure we hit in the film. No, we're so excited. I can't believe it's like a week away. The whole family's coming. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's just this moment, like outside of Lebanon, even for my mom to be able to see that, like, this is, this is going, this is, will resonate with people and it's going to do much more good than it does harm. Well, congratulations to you for your work here. The film is called Q and uh, director, producer, writer, and cinematographer. Did you edit as well? I can't, no, I don't, I, you I, one thing I didn't do. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. And that would be Jude Shihab. Jude, thank you so very much. I look forward to more work. This is your, I believe, your feature documentary debut. I know you've made films, but this is a big step forward. And I look forward to more. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music